Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, George. Hello there. And Grant. Hello there, music fans. Each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless, and we do a bit of a deep dive on it, find out how they discovered it, what they love about it, and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. You can find the link in our show notes. We announce in the group in advance what albums we're covering. We talk about the episodes and we read some of your thoughts out on our episodes. So check that out if you can. And we have a Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash flawlessamp. You can back us from as little as $1 a month and you'll get bonus episodes and early access to our new episodes as well. Once again, the link is in the show notes. So welcome back, guys. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for returning to Flawless. That's very exciting. Mm. First episode of 2022, which is, we're recording in 2021, but that's okay. We won't get bogged down in minor details. Whose fault is that? So, so for our first episode, I nominated a kind of punky, kind of grungy band coming out of Seattle. No, coming out of Washington, Oregon, way back three years ago. It was the Thermals. Three years, eh? So, for our 101st episode... I thought I would travel entirely one state downwards and nominate an album from Seattle. Possibly the first album, almost certainly, the only album we'll ever do that opens with the lyrics Meow, 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 That's right, I'm nominating <laughs> 1995's The Presidents of the United States of America with The Presidents of the United States of America. Bam. Done. There we go. Done. Easy. <laughs> do you feel better now? Kitty. I do. I'm back into the flow. Into oh. the flow. Goodness, it's like we never left. So this is with intent, strategic play for the 101 No, not episode. really. I just realized that yesterday when I was looking at one, I was like, that's okay. right. It's the, yeah, literally one state away from each other. Wow. Which is, um, but many, many years apart, obviously. So, when is the thermal? So, later? Yes, much, much later. Like okay. 2006, 2007? Something in that kind of range. Yeah. Okay. So, <sighs> Presidents of the United States of America, it's their debut album, it was released on March 10th, 1995. It was originally released by Pop Llama Records, but then uh, shortly after it was released, Columbia Records picked them up. And um, did you know, I was looking at Pop Llama Records and I recognized exactly zero of the other bands that are on Pop Llama right. Records, which is why it made sense that Columbia heard it and went, we want this, please. We, can, we, can, we think we can make them a little bit bigger. So yeah, so they picked them up. I was looking at some interviews. Apparently, yeah, they were working on it. They were putting out in a small local label, wasn't mm. getting, you know, just doing the small local label stuff. Columbia grabbed it, got them to add a few little elements here and there, re-shot some of the, um, the liner and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But apparently, like within weeks, Columbia had pushed it into a million stores across the US. They said mm. it was like like nothing they'd ever seen. The band said from it was like launch. nothing they'd ever seen from a major label. Just go, yes, we'll take it. Normally, that stuff would take six months, nine months, 12 months to really gear up. But within weeks, they were like, yep, we'll take it. We'll make you guys superstars. And within weeks, they were they huge. Were. And they were all over MTV. They were all over. They were destined to be MTV superheroes. Because they're weird looking. Yes. People. No offense to Chris, not, Dave, and Jason. Not a traditionally attractive rock yeah, and roll band. Yeah, you're not, you're not hotties. But yeah. even, like, even back in 95, it wasn't like these hot guys playing in a band that you're trying to yes. sell commercially. They no. were kind of weirdos, um, mm-hmm. but they made cracking videos. Yeah. So, yeah, which we'll come to. Which I'm sure Columbia helped them out with. Yes. Quite uh, a bit. Yeah, well, they had stuntmen. In Random the themes. Pe- in the Peaches video. Yeah. Ninjas and stuntmen, so it was awesome. So, George, hello. Had you heard of the presidency of the United States of America before I nominated this album, <laughs> Liam? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I think everybody has. Yes, <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course I had. So um, I was an avid MTV watcher from the age of eight when we got cable TV, and um, then I saw the music videos for 
every single heard them on the radio in the top 40 when i listened every week so um all four like i knew all four singles um and i liked all four singles so um but i had only listened to the actual album probably um, once or twice at a friend's house when their older sister had a copy of it because mm-hmm. I was only 10 right. when it came out. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'd heard all the singles and liked it. Probably heard the album all the way through but didn't pay too much attention and then never went backwards to go and mm-hmm. pick it up when I had my own CD player. Fair but, enough. yeah, I definitely had them, definitely saw the videos. I could even remember the Peaches video, like, mm-hmm. when I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I remember watching this and loving it so much on MTV when I was 10. So, uh, yeah, so there we go. So, nice. totally knew it. Thank so you. Had, but hadn't heard, really heard the paid attention to the album? No, but going through the album, I kind of um, picked up on themes and mm-hmm. stuff that I was like, oh, I think I remember this. Or, yeah. like, or it's just really familiar because they have a certain sound. So I don't know if I could actually recall the real songs or if it was just familiar. But, um, yeah, it was cool. Cool. Grant. You jumped on the chance to simply mention in the group chat that you were excited to talk about yeah, this album. So I'm I mean, going to assume, we'll blow past Have You Heard Of Them? Yes. And find out how. How? Uh, look, someone's CD in 95, 96, certainly 97. Um, 95, 96 was last two, day, last two days, last two, two years at school. Um, and that certainly the, the hits would have been on the radio. I don't think we had... Um, MTV as a dedicated channel and if we did it would have been on a satellite and amongst 60 odd um, or 100 odd uh, school kids you're not going to be able to really dictate what gets watched Mm -hmm. so I don't don't actually recall specifically watching any videos of theirs but certainly um, Peaches, Lump and then in 1997 and 98 probably at university lots of time and really remember Know, closing with Naked and Famous, what mm. a classic. <laughs> um, and Dune Buggy. So I, I don't know if I specifically ever sat down myself and, and I, I didn't own it, but I certainly remember lots of this album. This is um, yeah. in, my, in my era. Cool. This is maybe the first time I've listened to an album where all the singles are released in the order they appear on the album. Yeah. And they're all on the first half of the album, but they're actually so it starts with Kitty and then to Lump and then it goes on to Peaches and then it goes on to June Buggy. Mm. Um, but yeah, so actually they release their singles in the order they're on the album. And I don't recall ever noticing that before. And usually that's the kind of weird thing that I would notice. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so I liked it. Cool. So Liam. Yes. You've heard of Presidents of the United States. I have. Yes. Um, so how did you get onto this album? Because you're why? only a couple of years young, older than me. So yes. how did you latch onto it? So there's a funny story on this one. Um, well, I'll set that up a bit. That's set the standard a little too high. Expectations are rising <laughs> high now. This will be funny. Um, so Kitty was on the radio. First single. I was like, that's a really cool song. And I enjoy that. And at the time, I was working at uh, Toys R Us. At Garden City. <gasps> you lucky thing. Here, no, I hated it. It was terrible. Oh. Uh, I worked Christmas. I Day. Once, no, on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve yeah. I once worked Christmas Eve, the late closing shift, and I was told by a family that I'd ruined their Christmas because when they came up at nine o'clock and wanted to come in, I was like, well, you can't because we're closed and it's nine o'clock and it's Christmas Eve and I'd ruined their Christmas. I also worked a Boxing Day, not on the return counter, which had a lineup of 300 people going down into the mall, but on the register where those people would then loop around and come back purchase. to rebuy new products. Oh. Yeah, no, it was it was a nightmare. Bad time. Bad, bad, time. bad, bad, bad time. Bad time. How old were you then? 15, oh, 15 wow. to 17. Okay, that sounds like hell. It hard, okay. yeah. hard to take actually, a family saying that you've ruined their yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Whose fault is it actually? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Hey, yeah. Clowns. Good cool thing to say to a 15-year-old yeah. who yeah. just wants to go home. But one night we had a stock take and wow. you know, you'd, you'd all hang around after work and do a stock take. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we should put on some music. And someone suggested putting on this album and someone else said, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit risque, isn't it? And I'd heard Kitty and I was like, I don't think it's risque. It's not like, there's no, there's no coarse language in there, is it? And then they played it and the bit in Kitty where he goes, fuck you, Kitty, you're going to spend the night. That was cut out of the radio version. Uh. So in the radio version, they went straight from Kitty, the fourth Kitty rap and scratch me through my jeans outside. And that made sense to me because you're screaming at a cat to go outside. Mm. And it turns out there's a whole verse in there that I'd never heard before. And I was like, holy shit. And I think that was might have been the first time I'd actually heard the F word 
you in a song. used in a song. Oh, wow. Really? And you are like, a sheltered boy. I was super sheltered boy. I was yeah. listening to pop radio. I was only listening to B105, for those of you in Brisbane who remember B105. I had older brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I had Snoop World, I think, when I was nine. I don't yeah. even think, I don't even know, remember Kitty scoring on the charts at all. Mm. I would have heard Peaches and Lump, and maybe it was because so they couldn't have edited a version. Kitty, Kitty was number 13 in the 1995 US modern rock track, so I don't think it made it to the mainstream tr- charts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it was only on pop radio here in Australia. And then I bought the album. That was like one of the first albums that I ever bought. And oh, really? I liked the songs, obviously. But part of me knows that I kind of bought it because a lot of people who I worked with at Toys R Us thought the band was cool. And I was like, if I've got an album, they're going to think I'm cool. Even though I literally never talked to them about music. I'm like, yes. now, now thinking back, I'm like, that would never come up in conversation. They, they would not like, I, unless I walk up to them and go, hey, guess what I bought one day. I bought this President's United States album. For the um, listeners, it's taking me a lot right now not to go and give Liam a hug. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's fine. Huh? I, got o- I got over it. I, I mean, the therapy's going well. Sorry? Therapy's going well. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, so I bought it and I listened to it a bunch at the time and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And then it's sort of, I probably didn't pay a huge amount, keep paying a huge amount of attention to it, but it's always around. It's one of those ones, especially with, I had... You know, MTV and uh, Rage and everything. There's always someone who can show uh, throw peaches up on there as, yeah. a, as a selection Absolutely. and stuff. So, yeah, it's always been around. And then I think I've just, yeah, over the years, I've just listened to it more and more and paid more and more attention to it. And I've come to the position that it's flawless, despite the fact that a friend of mine, a couple of years, so we both kind of liked a friend of mine from high school, because I was in high school at the time, a couple, of, a friend of mine a couple of years later, I don't know, I must have been playing it or something. And he's like, come on, Liam, we, you know, we both know this album's not really any good. So he really? he evolved devol- oh. past that point where like the silliness of it meant that it or yeah where the silliness of it meant that he didn't think it was good anymore like it was too too like, immature and too, too childish mature, yeah. like more adult bizarre I'm seventeen and... now and I'm listening yeah. to yeah Tool. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't I oh he would only have been listening to like Triple M style stuff he wouldn't have even evolved to Tool oh, okay so well, I was cooler than him yeah <laughs> and, you, and you took it on board really. I can't I, I honestly don't remember if I said at the time. Yeah, you're right, or no, I still think it's really good. I probably said, yeah, you're right, because, you know. So what are they up to now? I wanted to still be friends. The Prisons, post-1995, that was only... So they released two or three more albums. The second album was called The Presidents of the United States of America 2, which is just like, guys, get some SEO stuff going, please. I I can't Google anything about you. It took me ages to find, like, interviews with them. Because it turns out when you do interview presidents of the United States, it goes. there's it's lots literally... of interviews with the presidents of the United, yeah. actual presidents yes. of the United States. Yeah, yeah. fair so, enough. So yeah, ungoogleable. Um, and then I think the uh, next one was Love Everybody. And then I think there might have been a fourth one as well. So okay. I think do you own any of the others? I own yes, I own the second one, and I think I got the third one to review. Okay. But I don't because they, like it was a huge gap, and by that time I was doing the fast aloud stuff. But I don't. I have no memory of any of the songs on the third one. I literally have no recollection of any songs other than these four singles. Do you remember? So you don't remember? There well, was, apart from "Video Killed the Radio Star," there was "Video Killed the Radio Star." There was "Muck 5. Maybe. I want to drive in my Muck Five. Yeah, I want to drive. And "Volcano" was the other. It was the next big one because they were all like student uh, high school kids in volcano with like science fair volcano stuff. So that was all over MTV as well. Um, I don't recall that, but mm-hmm. maybe I'll give it a try. But yeah, but they did do um, an almost like for like cover of "Video Killed the Radio Star." Mm. Like mm. it wasn't like they tried to make it in their style because no, it was no. already it was already in their style, yeah, wasn't it? Very really? much there, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I listened to it today. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Um. So the second album. I think some of the songs that are on there are better than the songs that are on this one, but as a whole, the album isn't as strong. So I think there's like stronger strength, mm-hmm. but weaker weaknesses, which we've talked about before on some in certain situations. So definitely this first one, cover to cover, awesome stuff. Do you know what I like about this album is the fact that the songs are really fucking literal. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no, but there's very little concept. There's no. nothing like hidden. There's no secret. Like Stay secret up before. And down. It's mm-hmm. literally it's it's called Kitty, and I'm like waiting for the euphemism. And it's like nope, no, nothing. It's literally, literally about a fucking cat. A cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, doom buggy. Literally about a beach yeah. buggy with worms in it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so then peaches. Ball couldn't be more about peaches. It was this pro. Is- 
There's always rumors going around the internet if you look around about what is Peaches really about. Is the Peaches well, is Peaches sex? Is Peaches the vagina and the whole song is about sex? Like all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but every interview I've read, he's just like, no, it's about Peaches and a girl who I was seeing who lived out in the country, and I was like, there's a factory there. This thing Seattle came to my mind about Peaches. Yeah, this thing that came into my mind about Peaches, and I just did it. So it's like yeah. if if he if it is he's spent twenty committed 20, nearly twenty five years saying that it's it definitely wasn't so yeah, yeah no it's incredibly literal like mm. all of the lyrics are pretty much like I saw a thing I wrote about a thing yeah Bam. Mm. like Done. fair enough and I actually find that refreshing mm. for a change where I'm yeah. not trying to look for concepts I'm not trying to like dig deeper into what they truly mean and all mm. that kind of stuff I was like oh. This is actually quite nice. Yeah. I don't have to get cerebral at any point. <laughs> I can, cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> I can no, just listen to it. Literally, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally, that's what they're talking about. And they're just playing mm-hmm. some corking tunes and uh, singing about something. Mm. So there we go. A yeah. lot of random stuff, but stuff nonetheless. Literal <laughs> stuff like um, big 3D billboards and <laughs> big 30 foots. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So yeah, so he said in an interview, because it's also a bit of a deconstructive album as well, which we'll talk about a bit more, is like it takes a lot of the elements of, because they were living through the mid, the early 90s grunge scene and they were in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they took a lot of elements from a lot of that stuff and then sort of broke it down into its little pieces and used what they want. So he said, I think what I was trying to harness was that poppy history of Seattle and the roots of what became grunge, like the Stooges and MC5 and Harness Nirvana and Soundgarden and mix it all together. We were trying to blend super fun party rock with heaviness. We weren't trying to make joke songs. We were trying to make surreal songs. So that's the thing of like, it's not just haha, you know, he's singing about animals and kitties and, you know, spiders and pigs and whatever. But he's just like, he's just trying to evoke that imagery and he sees an image in his head mm-hmm. and he was just trying to evoke that imagery into other people's heads, which I think is really cool. Some of it reminds me of Pavement as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the element of that kind of sound, which mm. I really like. So, especially because. Like just writing things like she's a lump, and yeah. how like referring mm. to a woman as lump, like yeah, that's their name. Well, the woman. In mm-hmm. So again, like not it's not. It, I guess that's the most conceptual they get is she's lump, but yeah. it's like what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> and that's probably the most confusing <laughs> lyric. Mm. And but, but, it, but also, if it's just like a grunge scene thing, then it could just be that's what she tells people her name is. Like yeah, it be some lady who goes around by the same by the name of Lump. I knew a woman who legally changed her name to Shoe, like uh, on your foot, a yeah. shoe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A shoe in. A shoe. So, um, uh, President of the USA lineup: Chris Ballou on lead vocals and bass, Dave Dederer on guitar and backing vocals, and then Jason Finn on drums and backing vocals. So Jason Finn, who actually was in another band at the time, well, they, they'd all come from other bands, but um, he came from a band called Love Battery, who were like, which is like a grunge band, and they mm-hmm. were in the in the process of tracking their major label debut to become giant superstars. Huh. And he'd been uh, he's joined. They said he's joining the band was the end of a long running inside joke. He'd seen one of mine and Chris's previous bands, loved it, and then for years we let him beg to be in our next band. The irony being that he was already a big rock star, and we were just a couple of dorks. <laughs> and then look. And then look, so yeah, less people have heard of Love Better, I suspect, than have heard. It's got a very like mother, what's what's the mother love, bone? mother love bone, you oh, know, okay. pre pre band, pre famous band grunge sort of title. Fair enough. Love Battery is a funny name though. Mm. Just thinking about, yeah, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, so do you want to hit the singles? Yeah, let's hit the singles. So Kitty opens, obviously. Yeah. Um, just a very simple song, just about. Bring in a kitty in that's outside. It's mm. all sad and it's crying and it wants to be let in and you let it in. And then it scratches you through jeans, by the way, which is like, that's not an insignificant scratch. <laughs> it goes through some jeans. No. And then you throw it outside again. And then there's a 30 second outro where it all ramps up into double speed. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Mm. That was always really fun. Mm. Um, and really difficult for DJs to mix on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk talk out of it instead of mixing mm. out of it. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, so that's cool. So literally, as you talked about, it starts with meowing. And mm. so I've never said this on the podcast before, but you know, I like hand claps and woes and stuff mm. and harmonicas. I like a I like a meow <laughs> in a song. So if it comes up again in any yeah. of the episodes, I'm pro meows. Yeah. So nice. it got a little okay. hot because I was pro meow. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, so second single though, Lump. Lump. She's Lump. She's mm. Lump. Yes. She's so life. this is one of the things that you kind of half mentioned was that everything he enunciates so well. Everything on this album is a sing-along song, mm. like soft, quiet, rocky, punchy, whatever. You can sing along to it because he's very clear about what he's saying all the time. I, yeah. There's something refreshing about that as well, I think, that he just enunciates very well. Absolutely. And have the uh, really fun lyrics of... Love lingered last in line for brains And the one she got was sort of rotten and insane Which is a nice, mm. funny kind of like turn on someone. So I'm imagining someone in the scene who's like a groupie type and probably drugged up and mm. all that kind of stuff and then has got this soft, rotten brain. But, yeah. That's, check. that's my interpretation mm. of that one. They're all night. They're all. It's very short. Like it's just mm. super riffy, super short. Yeah, like just over super riffy. The power drums. That's true. It's just over two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, two minutes fourteen on that one. Yeah, I think body's the longest one at four minutes twelve. Yeah, yep. I think that's the only one that goes over four minutes. It's like, how dare they? Yeah, but that's not grunge at all. Grunge, grunge is long, drawling, like. Big riffs and it stuff can a lot be, of the time. But it can also be short, poppy constructions of stuff as well. Yeah, I suppose. So this, yeah, one of the things he said, uh, sorry, I didn't write it down, but he said um, that he wa- he wanted originally wanted to make a, a grungy, like the super poppy grungy album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Nevermind came out and he was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, you've done what I, you've <laughs> just done what I was going to do. There's no, need, there's no need for me to do that now. I'll go and do something else. So, yeah, I think he I talk- loved it. There's some con- just gone. Never mind's come out. I'm gonna bring out this album. Yeah. Like, that is such a segue, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Like yeah, it's sure. just like saying, oh, you know, I'm gonna bring out Led Zeppelin Four. Shit, no. Instead, I'll bring out Bjork Post. <laughs> like fucking sure. weird. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then after Lump, we got the iconic Peaches. Peaches. One of my most sung songs mm-hmm. in a supermarket. Nice. Walk down the fruit aisle every time I point to the peaches and say, millions of peaches. (laughs) But then I'll go, millions of peaches. Peaches aren't free Um, (laughs) because they're not. And I point at it and I'll sing it to my partner who has literally no idea what the fuck I'm going on about. Um, Come on. You wouldn't know prisoners. uh, Then I played him the song. He was like, like, oh, yeah, I do. I do think I might have heard this before. Nice. I'm like, bet you haven't, but I love that you're playing along. Sure. (laughs) But, but Peter's yeah. has like that really soft warbling opening. Mm-hmm. Just like it kind of defies what you what it, like you know after you've heard it for the first time, you know what's happen what's yeah. going to happen. But just that first little opening is just so soft. You're like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. And then the mid song tempo change as well. There's another one on that one as well, mm-hmm. where it sort of picks up. Where it actually, yeah, the oh, the guitar riff takes over. Like there's just that really doom 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 doom. Like it's just that really steady guitar riff yeah but like the slow that slow intro is like um it's got the guitar and bass in harmony mm-hmm. which is really nice before the vocals come in then they come in in harmony too um so it's like got that chorus shafty party sound when it lifts up and um but then like the breakdown of millions of peaches is just genius it's mm-hmm. like so catchy like mm. how can you how can you listen to that and not sing it every time you literally see a peach? Yeah, and it it rises up in that crescendo as well, so mm-hmm. it sort of gains power and power and power, and then there's the drop on that beat. And even on the drop of the beat, he says "look out," yeah, yeah. which doesn't make any sense in the song. Like, did he know? Well, he couldn't have known because the song no, was recorded. It's written. It was already done, so it was just yeah. I, I think know. it was because it was like, so, look out, because he was probably gonna like jump around on stage yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah, like a huge drop for people to start moshing to. Yeah. yeah, but then so in the video, Grant. Yeah, please tell me. They're in an orchard, just playing, and they've just got this one box of peaches in front of that. Not, it's not a peach orchard. It might be, but it wasn't in a season. And yeah. but then partway through, there's 
um, all these like shadowy figures in the trees, and they're like looking around. Looking so yeah, a bit so scared. when they're going, yeah, yeah, when he's going, yeah, yeah, he's looking around like spidey yeah. senses tingling, like something's about to happen. And there's all these oh, shadows. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then and when he goes, look out three ninjas go and start fighting them and then they have this I like have epic this. epic fight scene um where the different <laughs> band members were obviously played both stunt people yeah. um, and they're having like these ninja fights to the point where i think it from chris and dave end up like jumping onto a tree branch like mm. above them and then um but it's then very old school Jeff, Jeff, um Kung Fu, like Kung Chinese Fu. Kung Fu movie, sort yeah. of jumping up onto a then, tree branch. So then Jason's getting attacked, so they jump down and they like try and fight off their ninjas. And yes. it's just, it was just in that breakdown where there's no vocals. And yeah. it's just such a, like it's a memorable video because yeah. it's just so funny, but it's such a great song as well. <laughs> and the fact that they only had a single box of peaches, mm. like, just like a token box yeah, of peaches <laughs> in front of them, like in front chorus. of them like, play, as they're playing their instruments. And it was mm. like, yeah. So cool. that's the concept of the um, thing. So it's the same thing. It's less than three minutes. So it's perfect yeah. for MTV because it's short and sharp and it's funny and a little bit postmodern, ironic, but not in a God, aren't we clever for being postmodern, ironic kind of way. Kind of more in the way of which the whole album is. And like we made the kind of things that we would like to see. So mm. we don't, you know, we're not doing it because it's like, ha ha, look at us, how funny we are. It's like, no, no, we like, we like this stuff. We like looking at these things. Yeah. So let's do them too. Yeah. Grant. Some songs of yours that you've liked off this album. Oh, look, I suppose I re referenced Naked and Famous. It's just mm -hmm. a, such a great cool way to closing go song. Yeah. And um, so that was certainly um, brought back memories from, from that era. And Body, which is a great, great one as well. Got mm -hmm. the double tick of approval. Double tick. Um, got a heart from, definitely and, got a heart um, from me. Little Salamander. Yeah. Genius, so jumping back on a Naked and Famous. Sure. He actually wrote that. Chris Bailey wrote that in the early 80s, so 15 years before really? it came out. <laughs> wow. And he'd performed it in several bands that he was in along the time. They just did different versions of, the, yeah. of that song along the way. Um, and then there was he was in a band called Egg. Um, and in their 1987 album, Feel Better, they, there's a version of this song on that one. Have you heard so, that version? No, I didn't. I Yeah, I should have sorted it out. I don't know if I'd it's like on Spotify to. or not. And it actually a has a guitar solo. Yes. It's just not something you normally have. No. Yes. Um, but and it's got woohoos. Did you see who mm. the guitar solo is performed by? No. The guitar solo is performed <laughs> by uh, Kim Thale. Oh. From Soundgarden. Really? <laughs> yeah. So Kim Thale's showing Jeez. up to like their early shows. Um, he's like he said the scene never liked us. Individual people liked us. Kim Thale came to our early shows and provided lots of encouragement, but we got no love from like the old weekly newspapers and stuff. That's hilarious. And so when they were recording it, they were like, "Do you want to throw in a little?" And Kim Thale, lead, like the giant solo guitarist mm. of Soundgarden, just threw in the little guitar riff in there too. That's so as sweet. Intro, which is so awesome, and it's such yeah. a great guitar riff. It mm. is a great guitar riff. I have no idea. That's awesome, and mm. it does have a nice lyric. Oh. I can't unfold the layers of mystery or piece together the tragedy of history because there's so many good lyrics all through this uh, this song like this mm -hmm. is this is the one where I'm like the first I kind of got to develop a bit of a theory but the first the part of it is that this song's the one that's supposed to lead you into the next album this is the one that's sort of supposed to go oh you think we just write silly little songs about you know, animals and kitties and peaches and stuff. Well, this is the one that's actually big. And it's about the, you know, it's about being cool and being a model and being famous and the Los Angeles celebrity scene and mm. all the kind of weirdos that you meet, but not, and, but not hating them. Like he, he doesn't, he meets all these people. So he like, I met a poet said she didn't like the smell of it. Took her mm. clothes off in a restaurant for the hell of it. I lived, a D, I met a DJ who lived in seclusion. Reality and sobriety were her only delusions. So he's meeting all these weirdos, but he doesn't hate them. He's not like, oh, no. stupid Los Angeles a celebrity scene. He's mm -hmm. like, look, listen to these weirdos. Like, I'm a weirdo. They're weirdos. Let's all just be weirdos together. But he didn't even know at the time of writing that they were going to be big. No. No. That's the cool thing too. So, like, he was writing all these, like, things about these people. It was a 15-year-old song, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, 10 years plus or whatever, mm -hmm. from the early 80s to 95. Yeah. That's wow. cool. And he's like holding on to it. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lucky for us. Yeah, he held on to it that long. But by night five, he was like, yep. This Deliver. Is, now I'm going to get famous. Mm. Ta-da. Which is in um, contrast to we are not going to make it. Yes. Under two minutes. 
what an awesome fucking track. Yeah. Like, that was the one where I was like, oh, this is the opposite of so many of these people. Like, yeah. you're going to see, we're going to be famous, check us out. Like, you're going to be sorry for not believing in us and mm. all those kind of songs that you hear in all, like, for so many fucking albums. Um, but then they're like, nah, we can't write. And... Um, because there's a million better bands with a million mm. better songs and it's just like the better drummers and, yeah um, so and just the meta stuff so it opens with a mistake like it yeah, opens the with they're going and then he's like no 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 hang on hang on hang on no. hang on And then they, um, he goes, Restart. singers who can drum and singers who can sing. So there's like just more mistakes all the way through. And then like in the last verse, it's like, we don't have the talent. We don't have the time. We don't have the patience. So we don't know how to rhyme. So, <laughs> so all this stuff that like sounds like it's like, oh, did you guys really just make mistakes or like ad lib a song? But no, they no, that, Because no. that was actually written by a friend of theirs um, called Ben Riser. He wrote, he was a band, in some bands already and he wrote mm-hmm. a song for them and said, hey, try, and he was already too far along that he could do it. So he wrote that song and said, hey, yeah, you could, um, you know, do this song. And the album went on to sell 3 million copies. And so with the royalties from that song, him and his college sweetheart were able to move to from Brooklyn to Madison, Wisconsin, and they just bought a house out in rural America. <laughs> Just on the on really? the credits of writing that one song that sold three million copies. That's incredible. It was like that's awesome. Really, that's yeah? heartwarming. Wow. And it has that fun spoken outro too, where they're just like, you know, really? yeah, yeah and they're just the kind of talking. So, um, yeah, like I'm really glad that someone benefited so hugely and just went and moved to the middle of nowhere and yeah, bought a house with mm-hmm. their sweetheart. Aww. And then the next song after that is Kick Out the Jams. Mm. Yeah, Bass Fuzz. Which is the cover, not, fuzz, which the is a like kind of cover. Kind so, of cover. So the riff, the melody comes straight from MC5's Kick Out the Jams. I wondered. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Because they've got a song called on their debut album called Kick Out the Jams. But the entire lyrics are completely different. Yep. So MC5's is more, because they they were always like the Dirty Heathens. So their first album was a live album and everybody hated them and they threw their fingers up to the man and you know they were t- they were considered the the runts of the rock scene and everything well they kicked off punk yeah yeah like they mm-hmm. but and they've gotten credits empty yeah, like yeah kicking off punk but but so not but like all, all the bands know who they they're definitely a band they have all the bands know who they are but then no one like you know mainstream wise nobody knows i think there's a bit too much heroin that's why yeah mm. um but yeah so it was their song and their song goes there's not like 90 seconds their song's like a proper four minute song okay because the lyrics are completely different. Because I was like, because when I first heard it was a cover, I was like, surely MC5 didn't sing about, um, I'm going to Mars, I've got a message for the poodle in your pocket. Like, that's not an MC5 lyric, and it's not. <laughs> the, all the lyrics are completely different, except yeah. for, going to be who we am and let us kick out the jams. That's basically the only bit that the lyrically comes over. So it's sort of like a half cover. But on, on um, Wiki, the writing credit is given to MC5. Like, it's just, oh, wow. it's still their song. So Well, I like the lyrics. Well, I've been elected to rock your ass till midnight. Yeah. Nice. Because <laughs> it comes after we're not going to make it, but then he says, I've been elected to... We've been elected. Yeah. 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 Um, and they do, um, I said, fuzzy guitar. Well, uh, yeah, that bass fuzz. Oh, mm. I put a little heart next to the word bass fuzz. Um, and even the fuzzy, like, rock and roll, drum roll outro, it's like, yep. And there's that point in it where there's the real, like, I think offbeat, like, stabby drums. Mm-hmm. Love that. Nice. Yeah, so that was really fun. Um, but yeah, that was like a minute twenty six or something. Yeah, minute yeah, minute twenty five. <laughs> Grant, you mentioned the longest song on the album, Body. Oh. Just yeah. a soft just a soft little song about losing what a small riff. animals and pets. Yeah. Just like he just has a childhood memory of losing thing losing pets and seeing mm. salamanders in the yard and stuff and going okay. gonna write a song about that yeah. and playing with their little bodies and yeah I mean, it'll go that's but, it yeah awesome. so literal so sweet Simple. like no I, I dig that one and she goes Musical. smooth through my body yeah through my body she goes smooth mm. like just a really nice play so yeah it's it's all soft for like the first three and a half minutes and then it finishes with 30 seconds of thrash <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like yeah we're just gonna kick it up and the all the way through with the slinky bits, there's like these little like really soft cymbal hits. 
but they're no. super fast. Mm-hmm. It's like the drumming on this album is all really good, but you, you would just miss it if all you were listening to is the lyrics, which I think is what most people yeah. paid attention to in this band. But if you listen to the, all the, like the, the individual parts, they're all really well done. It was Sydney. well placed, I think, because it was chill. Mm-hmm. After we've gone from we're not going to make it to kick off the jams, you needed a rest, like mm-hmm. a reprieve. And I think it was her putting Bobby there, uh, making it so long. And we're only at track 10 of like however many. 13. Um, yeah, well, uh, I was reviewing. Uh, I got, I think, up to 16 before I realized I got right. half the album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so if there's sort of a bass solo as well. And I, I'm, um, as a bassist myself, I'm a sucker for listening to a bass solo. So yeah. Well done, them. Nice. So that's cool. Um, George, any other favourite songs mm. that we haven't hit on? Uh, yeah, yet? so um, the uh, bluegrass number of Backport. Backport is so cool. Mm. So much fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the old man on the back porch. And then when he says, and that old man is me. Yeah. Luke Buddy's times two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then um, there's spoken that whole spoken section about being on the back porch and people mm-hmm. coming and going and stuff and just yeah. uh, everything. That spoken section is so good. And it was like, like the only thing I was like, oh, I just wish they'd brought in a banjo for yeah. this one <laughs> song. Just like a little twinkly banjo bit in the middle of that would be yeah. awesome. But, um, uh, but there is lyrics that I really enjoyed. Just something about repairing it. Some little friends come along with some two-string, one-string, no-string guitars, and they plug them all into the back porch. And they sit around playing all their favorite songs. They're kicking back, feeling real good, real fine, real full of the wine. And everything's fine. Everything's beautiful. Everything's great. I just feel so good, you know. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. They're playing all their new hits, which have already been written before. Yeah. So I have a theory that this album is constructed like a set. And Back Porch is the last song in the main set before you have your encore of the last two songs. And the reason is, in Feather Plucking at the start, he talks about 10 million monkeys all pick up guitars, but nobody taught them how. 5,000 um, fishies fog. rocking really, really, really hard, but nobody taught them how. Yeah. So he goes from, that's like a grunge gig. That's just like, they just pick up guitar and see what they could do, and everybody just loves it. When you're young, through to when you're old, when you're sitting on the back porch and people arrive who just plug in there, and they know how to play by this stage, and everyone's just having a good time. And he also saw it says during back porch, Slurping on a peak, staring at the situation, kitty at my foot, meowing out a conversation. So now he's also recapping he's this stuff. He's bringing yeah. all the elements from the earlier songs all the way through to the end. And I think, so yeah, I think Back Porch is like the big one at the end where it's like a, you started out with Kitty and also um, Feather Plucking, which was about young people doing grungy stuff mm-hmm. through to now that they're old and they're, you know, sitting on porches and just relaxing and having a good time. And then the last two songs are actually... And com- um, lyrically and construction-wise, they're actually more complex, the last two songs, than the rest of the album as well. So I have a theory, and it probably doesn't bear out, you know, the band will probably go, no, that's just shit, we just did whatever. But reviewing it now, going back and figuring out all the different pieces that go into Backport and, like, just deconstructing that bluegrass stuff again. Yeah. Yeah, I have a theory that it's, that's like a, mm-hmm. and that's like a, almost like an album climax, followed by the last two couple to do, like, a in a encore. Yeah, because Feather Plucking is really bluesy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Apart from that chorus wail where he sounds like he's in Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like, that's fun. I dig that chorus. Um, but then, yeah, and then you move into that bluegrass track at the end. And you don't expect that in this poppy, grungy little world that they're in, like indie, like a world that they're in, to have like a bluegrass or bluesy sound. But for some reason it kind of works, so... Um, I'm not complaining no. um, but yeah but then in Candy mm-hmm. that we've not spoken about another bass intro hello yeah. um, mm. it's like um, this dark angry twanging it's almost it's almost like when I was listening to just the music just that twanging I was like that sounds like Tool it's like oh, no. it was just like which is like it's nothing like Tool the song is about a candy dish and being full of candy but mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and so now the devil, she must be a dentist With deep jawbreaker eyes Red rope hair, gumdrop lips Cotton candy thighs Your that, buddies. Like, like, the same thing? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that just evoke, like, an image, though? Yeah. Like, mm. so well written, like, constructed. But it's very president's, like, 
you took this element which is like singing about the devil and a demon and then framing her as in she's literally made out of lollies like yeah. a, she's a lolly <laughs> demon like it's you know very yeah. cool and surreal it is uh yeah so it's just like candy another... it's his weakness like basically mm. like he's talking about all these things and um but then at one point there was that one section um before the final um verse where his vocal effects goes through a megaphone like, yeah but it, but he sounds more like he's a kazoo yeah like he's got this I, weird sound and i don't it. think he's singing lyrics in that bit i think he's just making noises, making isn't he? noises. Wow, wow, sounds wow. like it yeah so um yeah that was funny so I enjoyed. And then once again, that. finish off with like just big power rock and riffs and a big sing along moment to finish. Mm. So I carried on with doing confusion and candy cigarette, and then went, "This album's getting a bit long." Yeah. And then <laughs> went, "Oh, this is on the like 20th, 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 25th. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, so and I got to 15, edition. and it was supposed to be 13." And then, yeah. but I, then I had to listen back to Naked and Famous again and go, "Oh yeah, that's an ending." That's an ending. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It is for sure. Um, so yeah, so the other songs are really good because I listened to the whole lot. Like mm-hmm. in the, oh, the anniversary ones as well. Yeah, the anniversary oh, edition. Okay. Um, cool. Because that was on Spotify, and so I listened to the anniversary edition, and um, it's got like another ten tracks on it, and mm-hmm. um, then some live stuff. And yeah, I was listening to it, going, "Oh, this is great!" I was like, "This is a great song. This is a great song. I really like the stompy bit." In yeah. This one. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, I got to it, and I was just like on wikipedia going oh shit i did not need to write that um but yeah there we go cool speaking of live songs i have seen them live oh yeah um, so wait hold on so have i have you yeah you go first you have when i was like 12 at the um, festival in the uk of course they were presidents were playing and i went so i could sing peaches nice um, of course. So that, yeah, so that would have been like 97. So it would have either been V, V Festival, Reading Festival, Glastonbury. I'm pretty sure that it was in 97. Awesome. Oh, yeah, but like, I just remember that was really weird. Like, completely forgotten <laughs> until this very second. So right. there we go. I'll see if I can find out. Grant, I assume you haven't seen them live. I have not seen them live. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I saw them live uh, eight years ago at the Hi Fi here in Brisbane, which was a not great venue and it's now closed down. Um, Touring this album in full, oh, was like, cool! That was awesome. That's so. Cool. I'd never seen them, so I would have. All, I would definitely have gone and seen them anyway because I'd never seen them and always liked them. But when they announced, "Yeah, we're playing this album in full," I was like, "That's Done. awesome!" And they opened with like five or six other songs, mm-hmm. which were cool songs. I think Mark Five and Volcano probably would have been in there. And but the crowd was getting a little restless. Like, you know, if we've been sold a fake bill of goods here, are you really playing? Yeah. And you could tell they knew as well. So as they went to play their set, like the last song before they did that one, they're like, yeah, yeah, guys, we know you're, you're here for a thing. Hang on, we've got one more and then we'll start. And then they did. And, and they, they just played the album. Did they play the video through. Radio Stars? Or? Yeah, so then after they finished this album, they had a break. And when they came back, they played a couple more songs, another cover, and then finished with Video okay. Kill the Radio oh, Stars. Oh, finished with it, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I would have and finished with Naked and Famous, but... Well, they finished their main set yeah, with Naked and six, Famous. Sure. Well, that's... As an album. They played album cover to cover. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. All this album. So, Open With Kitty, Go All The Way Through. Yeah. Which is like... Cause I'm, I, I wrote a review for my own personal blog, but it's long gone. I remember thinking at the time, like, it's awesome to see Kitty and Lump and Peaches because I've never seen them. But I could see them play those anytime. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. way they don't play a set that's got those three songs sure. in it. Sure. That's true. But yeah, Naked and Famous and Dune Buddy, oh. which we haven't talked about. And, um, oh, like, classic as well. We're not going to make it and kick out the jams like oh, you, probably may, you might see one of those but you're never going to get to see all of them no. so just for them to be like still on song with all of their songs was really awesome any other songs or anything that people want to touch on before i do a final pitch we didn't do dune buggy too much uh that's true and that was one of my yeah i really love that song soft sing it's like a soft and gentle with a sing-along chorus um he makes it when he says little bloom dune he makes it sound boogie Instead of buggy, yeah. doing booger in the sand. Yeah, so it makes sound, but it just makes you want to dance more. Like it's a boogie. It's, Incidentally, it's a cool there track. There's also a beetle called a doom bug, which um, buries itself into the sand. Which is, I imagine, part of where it came from. Yeah, like why it's called a doom bug. Correct. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that's cool. But I just wanted to let you know that is it in uh, what's it called, Bill Weevil? Yep, Bill Weevil. Little boy, we will get right home. More stranger. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Carla the stripper. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I wanted to let you know that the boll weevil feeds on cotton buds and flowers, um, native of uh, central Mexico, but made its way up to America, decimating the cotton industry in in the 1920s. Um, Because I was desperate to figure out why he was thinking about a boll weevil, and then I'm still none the wiser. (laughs) So uh, I figured out that he's thinking about them and what they do, um, but there, yeah, I was like, that's cool. I found that about the boll weevil, and now everyone else can know too. Nice. You're and welcome. Yes, stranger, Carla the Stripper, another sort of start sloppy one. Um, you seem cool for a naked chick in a booth. Mm, yeah. Just something really simple, like almost Straight childlike. Straight from LA. Yeah, just <laughs> not, yeah. Doesn't it he say something about when you get your clothes on? Put, some, put some clothes on and call me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not in a, well, that's the same thing. It's like not in a way of like, damn strippers, no. put some damn clothes on. Just like, you know, when you when you finish doing, doing this job, stuff. that's your job. Just give me, give a, me buzz. a call, and we'll you know we'll we'll catch cap. up. Yeah, shoot the breeze. It's quite fun. Um, okay, so in that case, I will jump to my final pitch, so I can find where I've written it down. Here we go. I love this album because it takes parts of grunge, pop rock, power rock, country, bluegrass, art rock, and deconstructs and then reassembles them. Not because they dislike those genres or they want to satirize them, but because they love them. There's a feeling of this album that everything they do is like, we love what we're doing. We love all these different styles. We're making the kind of music that we think we would like to hear on the radio, which is like awesome. It's like Hmm. equal part tribute and a mashup. They -hmm. love every moment of what they do. And you can sing along to every word. And the simple and the surreal elements make them seem shallow, but the incredible musicianship on display counters that. So I think it's an album that, too many people did what my friend did, which is like, oh, it's just a stupid animal, stupid album about kitties and peaches and whatever. Now, <laughs> so now and I outgrew it, and it's for kids. But I think it's deeper and more, way more interesting than that, and that's why I think it's flawless. Oh, look at you, mm. well done. So, Grant, final thoughts on presidents of the United States of America, and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Sure. Final thoughts. I've missed this album, <laughs> right? Because I never read. I don't think I. But well, I don't think I was quite like your mate in, um, in being dismissive or thinking that it was, um, too immature or anything like that. But I, it was from a, I suppose I never owned it, and yet I knew listening to this, you know, the, the I probably have, I feel like I've heard, um, songs like Body and Dune Buggy and, um. Naked and famous plenty times. So I would have been. It was sort of been in, in res at university mm-hmm. days, sitting on my ass, and it's on background music, um, and didn't appreciate. I think the musicianship then mm-hmm. that I do now, having listened to it as a proposed flawless album, I was like, "Geez, we like." And you reference the drums, like the guys are good. Huh? Yeah, they really, really are good. Um, I don't. I don't think I have a problem with. Um, I don't know if it's deeper than very simple lyrics mm-hmm. and things that he's just observed. Uh, but I couldn't find fault with it. I was, I'm so happy to say it's flawless. I enjoyed it. I really nice. did. I think it was great. I did. That's awesome. Um, and like, do you, lyric buddies here, lyric buddies there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's a cool album. I don't think it, it's, I think it needs to be um, mature or I think it intentionally is simple and mm-hmm. you know, literal. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for bringing it. It was cool to listen to it again and it's flawless. All Give good. it to you. Cool. cool. Awesome. George, okay. final um, thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Well, I was trying to figure out if I have definitely seen them live or not, <laughs> or if I've just seen live videos. Um, so uh, that's very frustrating, so I can't find that. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so it's flawless. Um, hey, so oh, right. There we go. Um, just so, rub the band-aid off. Yeah, just fluttered uh, up. Shit, not, okay. Not let, not let Liam stew. Yeah. Like oh, okay, that. well, and, direct uh, works too. Uh, so you gave a good roundup yeah. of the album, I'd say. So... Uh, Going into it, I was like, um, uh, so we've got however many tracks. 13. Um, no, no. Oh, however many tracks. Uh, 22 or whatever. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, of the many. And I was like, well, um, I was looking forward to listening to it because I knew all the singles. Yes. Um, and I danced to like peaches um, in rock clubs and stuff like that. And lump, actually. Danced mm. them in rock clubs like as I got older. So that was cool. So they uh, never lost their following for those tracks. Um, so I figured if they wrote four tracks that were quite different for singles, then I'm probably going to enjoy the album to an extent. 
Um, so I was going through and going, okay, well, I'm not 10 anymore. So do I still like peaches <laughs> for what it is? Um, and yeah, so um, I found myself, so I've got the little um, system of putting like a little heart next to the songs. And it just got to the point where I was just putting a little heart on all mm. of the songs going. Um, it's like, it's kind of lo-fi without being lo-fi. Mm. Um, and it's grungy without being grungy. And it's poppy without being too poppy. And then they've got all these other elements like the blues and the bluegrass and stuff, which is just like weird. Um, and then sometimes they sound like pavement and sometimes they sound like Led Zeppelin. And it's <laughs> like a really confusing like collection of um, sound. Um, but they're actually so good at their instruments. Mm. Um, you can't fault anything that they do and everything is so well constructed and it makes sense they wrote some of these songs like 15 years before because they are accomplished and they weren't young when they released it um having seen the videos again i'm like dude was bald yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't through choice yeah. so um yeah like um uh, they weren't young but they were obviously really established musicians constructed literal lyrics with like complex instruments um, and parts and the placement of the tracks as well is really smart um uh, the movement from one track to the next like it was it's an album i don't think i've put on shuffle i think i they actually yeah do. good point yeah i think it's a cracking they do a cracking job of moving you from place to place so um i am genuinely pleased that you brought it to me because there's no more songs on here that i put onto little playlists and mm -hmm. stuff like that um, and I am, as Grant would say, richer. Richer. <laughs> oh, um, yes. For having listened to the whole album, now I'm older, um, listening to the whole album together, um, it's really great. It's not, and it doesn't just have to weigh itself on the, um, the, on the back of the singles. No. Um, there's so many songs on there that could have been a single and I'd have gone, sure. yeah, like, that's great. That could have been a single. Yeah. Um, like they are incredible singles, but like, yeah. So um, you did it. Well done, cool. Liam. Awesome. Thank you both. Jeez. Yes. Put it in the pool room. Give me a trophy. That's it. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank everybody for listening. We got that one across the line. So Presidents of the USA, our flawless album. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, give us a rating. Every little bit helps us to find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Everybody want to be just like me, I'm making.